0: My name is Nah, and I'd like to welcome you to the AGH podcast. I'm super excited to have you here. Today, we're talking about who you are versus what you feel, and I'm here with a very special guest, my friend, John Kuchande, who will introduce himself right now. (laughs) Introduce yourself, John. Hey, guys. How are you
1: doing? My name is John, as she said, and I'm an alcoholic. Ah. (laughs) Uh, Nah invited me here to talk about basically mm-hmm. all the stuff that I went through and how they made me who I am today and I'm excited.
0: <laughs> so happy to have you. So without much ado, when did you realize that you were struggling with alcoholism and depression?
1: Um, to be honest, depression is something that I've dealt with for most of my teenage years but it's not something that yeah. I really thought was a problem and so it hit my early 20s I'm 24 now but early 20s really hit hard for me and the alcoholism is something that I realized only at the end like, basically, around last year that I actually have a drinking problem. Because I think the main problem is, especially in the society like ours, we just assume people that drink mm. as much as they do is of a deal. We don't realize that it's actually a sickness yeah. that a lot of people are dealing with. So I would have to say... Mm depression for a large sum of my teenage years, which led to the alcoholism that gripped the first couple of years of my 20s.
0: All right, so um, was there a particular event or a series of events that triggered the depression?
1: Um, you know what it is, I think a lot of people have tiny things that happen to them and then when they Mm. basically pile up it reaches a point where if you're not handling yourself correctly or you're not dealing with things well enough it triggers certain emotions that are unhealthy for me personally I don't like to blame anybody about the stuff that I went through but to say, mm-hmm. my own mismanagement and not being able to deal with some of the things that I went through as a teenager sparked a lot of mm-hmm. things. In particular, a certain breakup I had back when I was only, I think, 16. Mm-hmm. A lot of... Happened oh. after that. So... I'd have to say it was a bunch of like, it was a series of things that led to where I got to.
0: Wow. I really like how you took responsibility and how you said that stuff definitely happens, but sometimes mismanagement of the things that happen to us is what ultimately leads to that. And sometimes it's really just not processing things. So like something bad happens and we just, put on a facade and we're just on to the next thing and we just keep going like that and it just snowballs into the next thing and then we look up and we find ourselves in a really really dark place yeah I'd have
1: to agree with you on that because it's just one of those things where use the analogy of because mental health and mental illness is an actual illness the same way you get. Yeah. How mental health, mental illness, my bad, is an actual illness, uh, an actual sickness. Is. In the same way that if you get sick, physically sick, and you don't go and get your symptoms treated. In the same way, if you are mismanaging your mental health, all that's going to do is leave you worse for wear.
0: Definitely. I actually saw a quote this week that was like, um, the thing with health, mental health, physical health, is if you avoid um, dealing with it now, you're going to have to make time for an illness later. So if you don't manage your health now, like you could be like in your 50s or 60s and then there's going to be an illness that you could have avoided had you taken care of your health now. And I think it's the same thing with mental health. Like if you find that you're not coping well now, it's best to get help now as opposed to like waiting till you're like having panic attacks and like everything's just falling apart and stuff. So thank you so much for saying that.
1: And I think, like, one of the biggest problems with that is the fact that because of our culture and the stigma mm-hmm. attached to health, people mm. will view you as weak, maybe, if you don't. Yeah, If they
0: definitely.
1: want to help yourself mentally. Um, people think going to rehab or going to see a therapist is a sign of mm. weakness or just they're just going to write you off as a nutcase. Yeah. Well, in reality, I feel people that make the decision to go and try and help themselves mentally, yeah. those are the most healthy people I think I, I can imagine.
0: Definitely. They're the bravest, actually, because they've decided to confront the issue as opposed to avoiding it. True. So, how did you reach out for help?
1: Ah, (laughs) that was difficult i'll be honest and say that um the problem with depression is an alcoholism and any addiction is that it puts your mind in such a state that makes you think that everything that's going wrong in your life is everybody else's fault Mm. so i such a with my own parents who were trying to get me to do school and I was Mm -hmm. doing everything in my power trying not to do anything, to be honest. It reached a point where I can honestly say now because I realized how ridiculous the notion was at first because I remember back then having the thought that all I want to do is make enough money so that I can drink. And I didn't realize how how the fuck that was until I actually Mm -hmm. started trying to get out. So I had to go after a certain situation with my parents. And then I realized because (laughs) they basically wrote me off. They reached a point Mm -hmm. where they just gave up on me. Like, they gave up mm-hmm. on trying to help me. But then I could still feel their the love that was there because yeah. even though I was trying to quit school, they were mm. basically still there telling me, okay, you don't want to do school, so what do you want to do? I could tell yeah. that's not what they wanted to happen, but I could still feel the care they had for me. Yeah. So it kind of just lit like a spark in my head that made me start questioning myself mm-hmm. really and all mm-hmm. the choices I've made trying to figure out why are they so hell bent on this you don't wow. realize that people are actually trying to help you you don't mm-hmm. see what they're trying to do for you all you see is your next high or wow. mm-hmm. whatever that you're doing trying to fix yourself but then because of that I had an epiphany. I saw, like I sat down with myself and actually really thought about it and realized that I did have a problem. And luckily enough, mm. my parents were there to go and ask them and talk to them and tell them that I think I have a drinking problem. And from there, yeah. my mom suggested I go and try and check out Saint John of God mm. in Malawi here, where we are. Um it's in area forty three in Lilongwe. And mm-hmm. they have a bunch of other places actually. <clears throat> and that's where I went and started actually seeing a counselor and a therapist. And they mm. helped me realize how far gone I was.
0: Wow, yeah.
1: And that I had a drinking problem. And it sort of just went from there.
0: Mm. Wow. That that's such a powerful story in that Um, You know, this thing not only affected you, it affected those closest to you. Um, And even though it affected them and it hurt them, they were still willing to um, help you and give you a solution. I think parents are amazing. And um, so, like, what challenges did you encounter, like, with rehab and counseling and therapy and just just actually coming to terms with the fact that you had a mental health problem and a drinking problem, like, what would you say was your biggest challenge?
1: Um, I think the biggest challenge was basically allowing myself to move from the mindset that I'm a victim.
0: Yeah, wow. O- so good, yeah.
1: To owning up to the fact that I was doing wrong. Mm. Luckily enough, the counselors I had were there to push me through, show me what good people are and what good health is and yeah. addiction <laughs> I won't lie. It wasn't easy, yeah um, sure, a lot of people tell themselves that I can stop whenever I want, yeah, with poison it is that is their choice, but then. I went through it like quitting Mm -hmm. alcohol is hardest things that I've ever done in my life, from the to the cravings. Yeah, but it was just the support system that I had in my family, and the fact that I made the decision on my own that I actually want to do better and change. Yeah, yeah.
0: Wow. So, like, man, like, I can only imagine. So, like, what kept you going on a daily basis? Because, like, I feel like it's such a huge lifestyle shift, not only, like, a, a habit change, but, like, it completely changed your lifestyle. What What really held you down during the, the, the hard days and the days when you just didn't feel like it?
1: One of the greatest things about me deciding to quit drinking was the fact Mm -hmm. that it helped me find God. Wow. And I would be a liar if I said I could have done it without him because Mm -hmm. every single step of the way from then Mm -hmm. until now, everything that happened, I could feel his hand basically guiding me through what I need to do and giving me that strength. And also the Mm -hmm. structure of the church because um during the early months of me quitting i would basically go to church every morning with my mom 6 a.m and that gave me basically me going to my mom with my mom to church every day that gave me like the boundaries like uh borders that I needed to keep myself focused
0: mm. on the
1: task at hand um getting sober and obviously it worked because I've been sober a year and eight months now.
0: Woo congratulations. Dope. <laughs> yeah.
1: Am I still talking? Are you <laughs> going to oh, ask the question? No,
0: <laughs> yeah. Um, all right. So that's that's really good. Um, how would you encourage someone who is currently going through what you went through and someone who's maybe struggling with depression or alcoholism or whatever?
1: Um, I have to say one of the biggest things about depression is that you feel like you're in a box. <clears throat> And mm. all you can see are the edges of the box. You can't see beyond that. Mm-hmm. I need to realize that beyond that box there is life. There's mm. more than just another mm-hmm. drink. More than just how you're feeling. And to realize that they can get help. There mm. is a way out. A lot of people feel like they're stuck and there's no way they can get out of where they are. They feel like this is the end for them. Like, sorry. Yeah. Um, um. One of the things about my depression is that it led to... um suicidal thoughts <laughs> mm. and that led to me actually trying to commit suicide on a few
0: occasions. Oh. Mm. wow
1: and the thing yeah. is a lot of people feel like that's the only way out but mm. they realize that it's not mm. there is at the end of the tunnel as cliche as that might sound yeah. But if you, do as a person, if you do as a person decide that you want to get help, you want to be better, you mm. want to get that pain out of your chest, that weight off your shoulders, mm. all you have to do is ask. Mm. You just need to really forgive yourself firstly and realize that there is a way out.
0: Thank you so much for tuning in to today's episode. I absolutely loved interviewing John. I learned so much from his story about depression, about alcoholism, about just reaching out. And I pray that this episode has inspired and encouraged you like it's inspired me. And if you're going through, um, if you're depressed, If you have an addiction, realize that there is light at the end of the tunnel. There is hope for you. Just like John found hope, there is hope for you. God has beautiful plans for you. And you can always reach out. There are always um, people who are willing to help you. And yeah, have a great rest of the week. I love you.